This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's catch up with film reviewer Amy Amanti for her thoughts on the Netflix limited series Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Hey, good morning, Amy. Hey, good morning, Dave. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you as well. Amy, this one seems to be in the theme of creepy, scary, disturbing we actually had the uh, preview clip or like the the trailer clip and we decided not to play it because it was that kind of icky and creepy. <laughs> so for somebody who wants to press play on this story about Jeffrey mm-hmm. Dahmer, what are they in for? Well, there's a certain element of creep here for sure. Um, but this is a Netflix series that explores the motive and the methods of a well-known serial killer, um, Jeffrey Dahmer, and surrounds uh, the murders that he committed between 1978 and 1991. Um, So, I mean, like quite a notorious serial killer. I don't know, Dave, do you remember? I mean, I was a high schooler when I, uh, when when Jeffrey Dahmer was was captured. Um, So I didn't know much about it then, but do you remember at all? Hearing about Jeffrey Dahmer? I mean, I was still pretty young. Uh, 1991, I was eight years old, so maybe a little young for cannibals and serial killers to be working their way into my into my uh, lexicon. But I do remember there was a huge interest in Jeffrey Dahmer around 2001 and 2000, and a pretty not-so-great movie that was made about him. But I was working at a video store at the time, and right. I ended up watching all those serial killer movies, the Ted Bundys and the Jeffrey Dahmers and the et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I, for me, it came a little bit later, not around the time he got caught. Yeah, he, um, you know, again, if you're going to push play on this, I mean, for me, I, I had some background information. There was something interesting to me um, as I studied psychology in my high school years and uh, and into some of my university years, that there was an interest to me around the psychological framework that, uh, you know, the way the, the way a serial killer's mind works. Um, and what I thought was interesting about this particular film, and, and I don't think we need to go down the rabbit hole of the types of crimes maybe that, that David, uh, that Jeffrey Dahmer had committed. Um, but, um, uh, there's certainly a psychology there that is interesting. And what's interesting for me is at some point in this, in this series, so this is not a documentary, although there are several of those as well. Um, if folks are interested, the original tapes and all those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, there, there's no shortage of Jeffrey Dahmer content there's no out shortage. There. But the but what was interesting to me was um, the way Jeffrey Dahmer speaks about himself, and they capture that in this series um, where he says to the police that are I mean you wonder where they get all the information to put in a in a series in a dramatized series. It's because Jeffrey Dahmer didn't protest. He said, "Yeah, this is what I was trying to do. This is the way my mind works." And he'd say to them because his lawyers were saying, "Well, we need to plead insanity here," and he'd say. I'm, I'm not insane. I, I know what I was doing. I know. And to some extent, they made that feel quite humbling, um, which I was also kind of creepy. But I think it was kind of the um, the the method they were exploring in the in the filming of this was that to some extent, you feel like you're sitting in a chair going, oh, I kind of understand where he's coming from. And you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What did I just say that out loud? Right. So. So 
uh, I have not hit play on this one yet. I don't know mm-hmm. if I will or not. I, I, I can only take so much unsettling stuff in my life. The world is already pretty unsettling for me, Amy, so yeah. I don't know how much I need to go back in time for the unsettlingness. But I've yeah. heard a similar commentary from people who've watched this, and they said especially the first two or three episodes, they were like, what are they doing here? Like, there are victims involved, and here I am yeah. empathizing with the serial killer. Yes. And I would also say, too, that, you know, for folks who don't like shows that are, you know, bloody, gutsy, gory kind of shows, this isn't really one of them. The kinds of things that that are being talked about here are they don't really show you, uh, you know, the, the dismembering of bodies or anything like it's not gory in that way. You know, if you know anything about Jeffrey Dahmer, what he's doing, there is some sort of paraphernalia around. So you're um, like, oh, yeah, I expect to see that there. or I expect to see, you know, those kinds of things. So there are there's a few scenes that you're like, wait, did I just wait? What? But in the all in all, it's not like watching a Saw movie, you know, where yeah, everything is yeah. about you know, the trauma to the human body and how extreme we can explore that. The the saws and the hostels and a lot of yeah. that torture porn that got uh, that got made exactly. in the, the, the mid-2000s that was very popular yeah. and I think for that's a long, how they long were tr- time. And I think that's how they were trying to honor some of the victims and the victims' families is not by, like, over-victimizing them on screen to some extent, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's talk about the performances here because one yeah. of the things that I've heard is that the actual acting in this is flawless. Yeah. Um, it's kind of scary how flawless. And again, I would say like in 1991, I was, I went into high school in 1990, I was born in 82. So, you know, you're what, I don't know. What is that? 13 ish. Your, your math, your math didn't work there. You said born in 82 and started high school in 91. Oh, born in, uh, oh yeah. I went in 95, didn't I? Um, see there, my math doesn't work there. So yeah, I was about the same age as you eight or nine, but it wasn't until high school that that um, so it was ninety four when Jeffrey Dahmer uh, died in prison. Mm-hmm. So it was just as mm-hmm. I was entering high school, and that's for me when I was like, oh, who is this person? Because um, I think I had more of a brain to be able to understand. Oh yeah, stuff, at, so. at, when you start approaching that age of like thirteen, fourteen, like now yeah. you're curious. Like now the world is a place where you can actually be fascinated by these horrible things. So we've got Evan Peters um, who plays Jeffrey Dahmer. And again, like if you want to talk about flawless, like at the time that he died and he was on the news and they were showing clips of interviews and stuff, I I can remember back to some of that. And then I did some, you know, YouTube, Google searching in preparation for this to see how much Peter, uh, Evan Peters really embodied this character, this character, this human um, and created um, a character in this show. It was quite unsettling, if I will. Um, and folks may remember um, Peters from American Horror Story. So he was quite a prominent character in uh, in that series as well. Um, so maybe it's not too much of a stretch for him. Mm. And then we have Richard Jenkins, who plays Lionel Dahmer, who's Jeffrey Dahmer's father, and Molly Ringwald. Of all people, I haven't seen Molly Ringwald in years. Yeah, interesting. And she, pl- and she plays Sherry Dahmer. Uh, not a huge role for Mar- Molly Ringwald, but um, you know they wanted to capture a little bit about who Jeffrey Dahmer's parents were. Um, and again, another interesting factoid for me that popped out of this was that Lionel Dahmer, the father, uh, had noticed some things in his son as a small child and had nurtured them because he had had similar thoughts of his own. Oh my so gosh. like this is this is, you know, when they talk about uh, red flags and serial killers today, we talk a lot about like, oh, you know, if your kid's fascinated in roadkill, that could be a red sign. Um, 
and or red flag. And so Jeffrey Dahmer was, and his father was like, okay, let's go, you know, scoop up roadkill together and like explore, you know, like dissect the bodies at home, that kind of mentality. Um, because maybe Lionel Dahmer had a little bit of this in him too, but just didn't act on it. Or he wanted his son to become a vet. You know, it could it could have been it could have been that too. Let's go to, let's go to vet school. Vets vets make cash. Um, Amy, in terms of the way the story was told, as mm-hmm. as you laid it out, it looks like they're actually trying to cover quite a bit of territory yeah. in a limited miniseries. I'm curious where you think they were able to pull so much information from with all the documentaries, some fact, some fiction, and a lot of folklore around Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, I think, you know, where they canvassed most of their their information from was the archival tapes that were happening, you know, in any interrogation room. And because it wasn't like, come on, tell us what you did. Tell us what you did. We know you did this. Jeffrey Dahmer really, like, they hit play and he just he just went off like a chatty Cathy doll when you pull the string. Um, and, and told them everything, everything in as detail as they wanted. Um, he was not a person who was like uh, trying to hide his crimes. Um, so they got a lot of information from there. But then it's also about talking to families and talking to um, uh, people who had had family members go missing once they were able to identify some of the, the family members um, and having chats with those. And the neighbor next door, played by Niecy Nash, which again is like totally a, com- a comedian, would never think that Niecy Nash would be in a film like this. But she plays the neighbor who, um, you know, they're living in, for all intents and purposes, a ghettoized tenement building. And so a lot of this was able to go on in this apartment building um, with smells and a whole bunch of things that you Ugh. can't even imagine. Ugh. And nobody... Uh, you know, when the neighbor complained because she was a black woman, they didn't give her any credit whatsoever. Yeah. That... So there's a lot of insidious racism that's happening here, too, just under the surface. Yeah. Th- there's again, not not that we want to dive too, too deep into this, but there are yep. some parallels to some serial killer situations we've had in Toronto where a lot of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims were very vulnerable people. They were people right. on the edges of society and a lot of times from the LGBTQ plus community. But as people can imagine, between 1978 and 1991, those those were those were people on the fringes. Those were not yep. people who police were spending a lot of time investigating crimes in those communities yes and jeffrey dahmer identifies as a gay man and so of course he was finding uh finding his victims in gay bars and uh that kind of thing and you're right that that this was a a time period where people were not out and proud and we didn't have um oh sadly like it comes under the lips of your mouth and you're like there wasn't a lot of respect for the community Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so it was like wow we're missing another gay man what's the big deal you know and it's like no 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 you're missing another human off the planet. And what else is interesting in this, and I will say this from a disability perspective, is that one of Jeffrey Dahmer's victims was a deaf man. Um, and so they have uh, deaf actors in, in one of the episodes. Um, and it's really beautiful to see how the deaf community cared for individuals that were going missing in their community and um, to see deaf people perform in this piece and um, to actually see that this was the one person that maybe Jeffrey Dahmer actually was falling in love with and had thought that this could be the person that, that changed things for him. Didn't end up being so, mm. but, um, but there is a, like a humanized quality um, around the disability experience. Cause for, for the first time, I think Jeffrey Dahmer felt seen. Amy, I want to come back to format on this for a moment before mm-hmm. we get into description and maybe something that you learned along the way in your overall impressions and thoughts on this. I want to talk about the notion of the limited miniseries. And I think we've talked yeah. about this from time to time before, but there have been some really 
really good ones made in the last couple of years. I think about The Queen's Gambit, which you and I both really enjoyed on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I think about uh, Spike TV or Paramount Plus's Waco about the Branch Davidians and the Waco, Texas massacre in the 1990s. That was Mm -hmm. truly, truly excellent. What do you think the merits and benefits are of telling the story in a limited miniseries? I think there's a couple of things for me personally that's nice about a limited miniseries. One is, is that it gives you sort of just enough time. You know, if you're doing something in a in a two-hour sort of typical movie time frame, you can get yourself into a position where, um, as a as a watcher and a listener, you're so like you're too bogged down with information, and you you know, or they make the film too long, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting tired, right? And mm-hmm, so this kind mm-hmm. of splits things up. But also, when you're dealing with content that can be difficult, it gives the listener and the viewer an an opportunity to step back. Okay, I saw that one episode; it was an hour. I think I have to wait before seeing the next one or I'm going to binge through them all. Right. Like it gives you that kind of autonomy Mm -hmm. um, to be able to do that and, and gives you this, the space to be able to share, to to let the information unfold instead of it being sort of overwhelming. I really like the idea of a limited miniseries. The other thing I like about it too, and this is just like totally a logistical thing, which is I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait between seasons for something. It's like, it's 10 episodes, it's eight episodes, it's six, whatever it is. It's a one sort of mini series and done. And yeah. I feel like that's digestible. And I don't have to, like I, some of these things that are on TV. I just like, I think about Grey's Anatomy, for example. It's in what, like, I don't know, season 18, 20? 18. Yeah, whatever it is. And I'm thinking, um, okay, this needs to like wrap itself up because uh, somehow I feel obligated to continue watching. <laughs> well, once once you're in, you got to keep going. That That's how it goes. I've, I've, I've finished plenty of show that I've started just because I need to finish it. I need to see where it goes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I'll eventually get back to The Walking Dead. I'll eventually get there. We'll, we'll maybe not right now, but we'll see. We'll, well, it's it's ending in just a handful of episodes, so. right? So if I can avoid the spoilers and wait for it all to drop on Netflix, then I'll just binge right through the rest of it and there you uh, go. call it a call it a day with The Walking Dead. Uh, Amy, the material here is very mature. I mm-hmm. imagine at times rather gruesome. Although you mentioned not not overly gory, not but gratuitously h- gruesome. But how was the description? Yeah, I think the description matches the tone of the piece, um, which I think is what we ask our description to do in in certain cases. Um, I think could do probably a little better on the diversity uh, end of things, simply because you know we are in a in a in an area where diversity is a big factor in how and why these particular uh, crimes were able to take place. Uh, but all in all, you know, I, I was able to use the description as a useful tool to be able to follow things. Um, and uh, uh, in some cases, some things flashed by so fast visually that there, you know, like even sighted people had to sort of pause and go like, did I see that right? But yeah. the description tells me what it is. Uh, but the description doesn't say, doesn't go into great detail about what something is uh, in terms of like it's overly gratuitous, right? So, uh, um, you know. If it was a severed limb, it would say it's a severed limb as opposed to all the different things that could be a part of that, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's okay. I think that that's okay. Because we can, in in some circumstances, we can imagine um, what has been done based on the information we're, we're receiving. Yeah, you only need so much to kind of put these pieces so together. Amy, you mentioned you had some knowledge of Jeffrey Dahmer before you jumped into this. Did you learn anything over the course of yeah. watching this series? I mean, certainly, uh, because at the time I was... Uh, much younger, but I, again, I found a fascination with this, the psychological mind and what it takes to make somebody click in this way. 
Um, but I think one of the things that, that was reinforced to me was, and it's just in a small number of scenes, but these, the how his father's involvement in this, as I touched, alluded to earlier, is that you know um, his father carried a, a huge amount of guilt around uh, feeling like he didn't help his son because he himself had had some proclivities of thinking in this way, and um, and and didn't recognize that in his son and kind of ignored it. Um, so that that was of real interest to me because I I one had never seen somebody sort of be so like vulnerably expressing that as a as a as a human um and the second thing was what fan fan favorite he he was once he was in jail that that he had would had received so many like letters and pen pals and wanted people's you know uh, uh people wanted his uh, signature on things and they would send newspapers and have him sign stuff and and he was uh, you know send him money for commissary so he became quite famous, infamous slash famous, but quite famous with a lot of people who were, I guess all you can call them as sympathizers or people who were like just really interested in serial killers. Yeah. There's a whole cult following. And I knew that there was some of that, but I didn't realize to what extent that, yeah. had, that had gone through. Um, and I, that, it's again, that's another fascinating component of the human experience. People are fascinated and typically love uh, bad people. Uh, we don't need to look much much further than the world of politics to uh, to get that one uh, figured true. out. Um, Amy, overall, how would you rate the series? Ah, uh, this was a really hard one for me to rate, knowing that uh, other people might want to watch it. I would say, um, I, I, you know, I gave it. A, I, I, for me, this is a ten. For me, this hits all of the things that I want in a miniseries, which is some fact, some creative fiction, but that isn't. You know, where, where you're watching it going, that's, there's no way that's a thing, right? Um, so it bordered that line, I think, really well. Um, and I think a, a piece that looks at all of the different, and I'm going to just call them characters, but all of the perspectives of all of the different characters in a really balanced way. Mm. And oftentimes we just get the view of, for example, the serial killer. But now we're getting Dahmer's view, we're getting the neighbor's view, we're getting the parents' view. And and in, in some circumstances, we're getting the view of the of the victim mm. and that's something we often don't get in these types of films i've had this one recommended to me by a lot of people to the point that i think i may need to hit play even though i do not want to <laughs> uh yeah, amy it's not overly gratuitous dave so if that's your thing but psychologically it, it is quite fascinating i i just i i feel like i feel like i went through my serial killer phase in the early 2000s and i and i thought i got <laughs> enough if i'm being totally honest with you but, yeah i hear you but apparently this is so like apparently this is so good that it's absolutely one that, that's worth diving into, even if it's a little outside of your, uh, well, I want to watch Big Mouth before I get to Dahmer, but but Dahmer might Dahmer might come first. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Amy. Big, see, Big Mouth's on my list too. Ah, there you go. Amy, thank you for this. Have a great day. Yeah, happy Halloween, Dave. Happy Halloween. That's Amy Manti with a review of the Netflix limited series, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. I'll just straight up tell you, parental discretion advised on pressing play on that one. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.